0: Star Wars 7x7, episode 929. Today, I'm talking about K2SO and Rogue One and his Pinocchio complex. I'll explain, don't worry. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and funnily enough, when I looked up the idea of a Pinocchio complex, I did not get nearly the search results I thought I was going to get. It turns out that the Pinocchio complex is a nickname for the term gelotophobia, which is the fear of being laughed at, a type of social phobia as defined by Wikipedia. And it got the name Pinocchio Syndrome because of the awkward wooden-like movements, as described on Wikipedia, that sufferers of this particular phobia have when it's triggered. But that is entirely, absolutely not related to the idea I had in mind about K2SO. It was more literal, in fact. It was referencing the movie Pinocchio, a Walt Disney movie, surprise, surprise. And before you ask me, yes, I went looking and I found the reference to the original story that the movie is based upon. And yeah, that was basically a serial. It was a serialized novel and ultimately finished with one large chunk. And being that it's a serial, it goes on and 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 on. And I needed something a lot simpler. So the movie, which is pretty straightforward and matches up pretty well. No, I don't mean that you can sync up Pinocchio and Rogue One, although that's kind of a funny idea. But what I mean is that K2's journey, ultimately, is to become a real boy, or specifically a real rebel boy. How do we know he wants to be a real rebel boy? Well, for one thing, he desperately wants a blaster. That's all he wants. You remember how when they're packing up to leave Yavin 4 to go to Jeddah, and Jin suddenly has a blaster acquired under mysterious circumstances, and K2's reaction is, How come she gets a blaster and I don't get one? Then, despite being told to stay on the U Wing, he shows up in Jeddah City and gets himself into the middle of the skirmish. And when he's confronted with this fact, he responds that it was boring, which is a rather mischievous thing to do, and of course Pinocchio, the character in the movie, and also in the book as well, was a mischievous character who was often doing things that he was not supposed to be doing. And then there's the matter of Idu, where Bodhi Rook and company manage to find an Imperial cargo ship to hijack, and as the Rebels are making their way back to the ship, Bodhi mans the laser cannons and shoots the Imperials that are in pursuit of our Rebel heroes. This action prompts K2SO to say to Bodhi, you're a rebel now. He's equating the shooting up of the bad guys to be an indicator that somebody has become a member of the rebellion. And yeah, sure, there are lots of people who are in the rebellion who are not shooting blasters of any kind. You know, there's all sorts of other things that go on, espionage and logistics and that sort of thing. But that's not K2SO's version of things. Like, he sees it from a very action-oriented perspective. Especially since he is a reprogrammed Imperial security droid anyway. So, whatever is hardwired in there is thinking towards death and destruction as a means of rebellion. So, out of all of this arises a question about K2SO's character arc. It's this. Does he achieve what he wants to be by the end of the film? Does he become a real rebel boy? And here's how we're going to find out. So the Blue Fairy in Pinocchio says that she will transform Pinocchio into a real boy if he promises to be brave, truthful, and unselfish. Can we find examples of K2SO acting bravely, truthfully, and unselfishly in Rogue One? Of course we can. The truthfully one is probably the easiest of all, right? He says whatever comes into his circuits, as Cassie Nandor says. Things like, that doesn't sound so bad to me when presented with the possibility that someone could be shooting at him and hit Jyn Erso instead, or the classic, I find that answer vague and unconvincing when faced with the conundrum of Jyn Erso suddenly acquiring a blaster. That's truthfulness for you. As far as Brave goes, well, you know, being told to stay back on the ship but deciding that you need to get into the fray is pretty brave. You know, he wanders right into Jetta City and snatches a grenade out of the air pretty quickly after he's been there and tosses it at some Imperials. There's also the matter of his computational ability, specifically him being able to figure out the odds of something working or not working. You would have to think that as many missions as he'd been on with Cassian and the Rebel Alliance, that he would have had to understand some of them might be considered suicide missions where he would not return. And yet, and yet, he continued to go on them. And unfortunately, he was eventually right, since he didn't last through the Battle of Scarif. But his last act was an unselfish one. It was to stay outside the Record's vault and use a blaster to shoot down stormtroopers to give Cassian and Jin as much time as they needed to find the Death Star plans. And in fact, as soon as he knew he was not going to survive, he told Jin and Cassian to climb, gave them the instructions for what they needed to do to finish their mission, and sealed them into the vault so that way there was no way anybody was going to get in there. So... K2 stayed outside, shot as many troopers as he could, held them off for as long as he could, and ultimately sacrificed himself to make the mission a success. It's a sign of the fact that he's been brave and truthful and unselfish throughout the course of the movie that Jin turns her blaster over to him, a generous gesture, and K2SO is clearly moved by it. And then for one brief, bright bit of time, K2SO gets to have the rebel moment that he's been dreaming of his entire reprogrammed existence. Now, that is going to do it for my thoughts on the Pinocchio-like story arc for K2SO in Rogue One. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about K2SO's story arc as well, so please do chime in at the comments at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. I've got trivia for you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, I've got yesterday's trivia answer for you to the question, who blew a hole in the thermal oscillator building big enough for Poe Dameron to fly into? And that was Chewbacca. He triggered the detonator, at least. Today's question, there's a vehicle that's used by the Rebellion in the original trilogy that has the same name as a vehicle that's used by the First Order in The Force Awakens. It's an entirely different vehicle, though, but same name. What is it? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you're forced to use a blaster to defeat a cyborg, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not uncivilized, it's destiny unleashed.